0: One of you the monster. Monster?
1: We're British, you know. Hi, I'm Chris Denton.
0: And I'm Paul Monk.
1: And we are A Very British Horror. So, Paul, please introduce tonight's subject of discussion.
0: So, tonight's um, subject is something from an anthology series that we've discussed already. Um, and that was uh, Dead of Night. And this was the first episode of that series. Um, It's something that's been requested quite a lot of times by quite a few people. Um, It's a way of probably extending Christmas into nearly the end of January because it's a Christmas themed-ish sort of uh, story. And I might as well get around to telling you what it is. It's The Exorcism.
1: Yes, it is. The Exorcism by Don Taylor. Yeah, and that that's right. One of the most requested subjects for the podcast, which for some reason we steadfastly <laughs> avoided
0: doing avoided doing for years.
1: <laughs> but 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 now but now here we are. We've we, we we've done it. Well we are about to do it, we haven't done it. We're about to do it. We're about to talk about it. And you know, this one's for you, Eddie.
0: We could <laughs> we could we could stop now and then just call just put this episode out. Just with this bit and then that would be really funny
1: the, yeah but i've got so much to say done. about about this <laughs> I've Got so much to say about it <laughs> so so we can't do that paul just because i've got to get out if we stop recording i'm still going to say all this stuff <laughs> right possibly I right, so
0: i record it then
1: yeah i think i think that i think that's probably right i think that's probably right and the first thing i'd like to say which i thought was a good fact an interesting fact right is um this is absolutely a christmas themed ghost story it is a if you will a ghost story for christmas but it's not a ghost story for christmas and the bbc in their wisdom broadcast it on bonfire night yep
0: <laughs> <It's>, november, <laughs> <isn't it?
1: laughs> yeah, the, november the 5th 1972 um, well, amazing a week <laughs> earlier it could have been for halloween <laughs> they could have shown it <laughs> you know and it, if they because this was a, um a series of uh seven i think there was there was seven there were
0: seven there were meant to be eight which i don't know if we mentioned this before but the eighth one was the stone tape which oh, nice. expanded out to 90 minutes and given its own release
1: i don't think we did mention that before so that is a good no, fact I we did
0: i think it's something i learned when i was looking up this particular series but
1: no, no so um but had 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 they showed this at the end of the series, and not the beginning, they could have actually shown it around
0: Christmas. <laughs> they could have, <laughs> so, have done.
1: <laughs> so the the BBC scheduling was interesting, but <laughs> in, in in their in their defence, um, I, I think when you have anthology shows, quite often you put the strongest one first to hook yeah. people in, and and you know I don't want to you know spoil what I, what I think of this already by saying. Yeah, this is pretty strong it's a pretty strong episode you can see why they might want to open open with this
0: yeah well of course just uh for anyone that's wondering we did cover the second episode in the series return flight back in episode 21 if anyone wants to go and listen to that um so let me plug for an earlier episode
1: that, that's really good and that was a few years ago now and i've no idea what we
0: said I don't know either. I don't know how much we talked about it. But it's interesting because only three of the episodes of this um, anthology series actually exist. The other, the other four have all been erased and gone. Which is
1: pretty unfortunate because I thought by the early 70s, the BBC's insane policy of destroying its own archive uh, no. was almost over. How, how long did they go on doing that for?
0: I've, I've got a feeling it went on till... Possibly the early 80s. Wow! I think it went on as long as that.
1: One of the, you know, one of the greatest acts of cultural vandalism in peacetime. But I see why they did it, but it was very foolish.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think video tape was expensive and, and and could be reused. So
1: even so, very very foolish. But oh, there we go. There's nothing we can do about it now. But if you
0: do. If
1: you do happen to have um, off-air recordings of any of the missing episodes, <laughs> please do return them to the BBC. That would be most appreciated. <laughs> anyway, so um, I think probably let's start. Should we, shall we
0: just do a quick
1: yeah synopsis? Um, well, what, what's it about?
0: Just a quick synopsis of
1: what happens. Well, I doubt if it'll be quick okay. actually, but but we'll do the synopsis right. So well, so, I, I,
0: the, the quick quick. Well, we can summarise it quite quickly,
1: can't we, I guess? Um, Yeah, but I want to launch in. I want to talk about everything. But (laughs) yes, OK. No, go on. uh, Go for it. So it's a a Christmas uh, house party. Um, It's a cottage in the countryside that this rich um, member of the liberal elite in the early 70s, a guy called Edmund, played by Edward Heatherbridge, uh, and his wife... But Rachel, played by, I think, Anna Cropper. Um, yeah. Th- th- so they've bought and done up this this old cottage and it's now fully modernised and luxury. And they've got f- their friends over for Christmas. Um, and the friends are called uh, Dan, who's played by TV stalwart Clive Swift, and um, Margaret, played by Sylvia Kay. So Anna Cropper and Sylvia Kay's names... Don't come up so much, but they both had very long, uh, illustrious TV careers, yeah. as, as indeed Edward Petherbridge and Clive Swift. But but we know them because they're both um, heavily involved in Ghost Stories for Christmas, in fact. Um, yeah. uh, so Clive Swift was in the first two, in stalls at Barchester and Walling to the Curious. Um, Edward Petherbridge is in The Ash Tree. And he's also yeah. in the ITV one that Lawrence Gordon Clark did, in the rings. And I, I, okay. I, I'm a really big fan of Edward Petherbridge, but because I saw he was a, a memorable Lord Peter Whimsy as well back in the eighties, very good actor, and I, and I love him yeah. here as, as as Edmund. And 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 and, and, and so that's it. So you see, like you see the cottage, and then you're you're inside, and it's very. Um, much then all set in the cottage it's because this is a this is an adaptation of a play this, yeah. um uh, so so it's all in the cottage but it's that and that works brilliantly uh, as, as, as as events unfold uh, so the, the very first thing you learn about Edmund um is he's fallen out with his socialist father yeah. um because but, but basically um, he's living in, you know, such luxury, and uh, he's he's obviously indulging himself. They they talk uh, quite a lot about brandy and uh, wine and stuff, and, and he's got all the latest gear and stuff. And um, and his father says to him, there's no way for a socialist to live." And and he and he says, "Well, then I said said to him that oh, I, I that I'm not a socialist." And he's because he's relaying this. what happened to Dan and he said I I was quite devastated but so what what you're talking about here is um, uh, bourgeois people probably from um, poor maybe from poorer backgrounds but have um, have worked their way up and now they're very comfortably off and we're we're going to have a super luxurious Christmas and um, you know Rachel is is preparing the dinner and everyone's all jolly and um, Edmund mentions that um, he had a hell of a job um, finding out who owned the cottage after he'd had seen it by chance. And yeah. in fact, in, in fact, no one owned the cottage. Uh, it, it didn't appear anywhere. And he, he got it by just buying the land it was on. Yeah. <laughs> that was He just bought a piece of land and then they, they, they renovated the, the cottage. And he mentions he always got some before and after photos he'll get out after dinner and um
0: yeah what so it's fa- favorite christmas entertainment <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly but but i think it's important this setup yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. because cuz it's like okay this is political you, you this, yes. this is a political story we're talking about bourgeois and socialists and things like that and and um
0: and there's quite a bit of political sort of chit chat isn't it there? this this opening bit between the two men
1: yeah, that that's right. Um, so there's quite a lot of there is quite a lot of semi-philosophical talk because um, the, the uh, Mar- Margaret's she she's described as a rationalist as well, isn't she? So they've got their their, their positions which are all very modern and London and stuff like that, aren't they? But but they but they of um, yeah. So so we but we, we're, we're, we're establishing that um y- y- you don't i mean they, they seem quite sympathetic but but i think i think the, the the story i think the uh the undertone is hang on a minute these these aren't these aren't the good guys <laughs> depends on the, yeah. the p- position yeah so 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 um p- depends on the position but um then um the the first kind of mysterious event that happens is rachel um plays a piece of music on some instrument or other I don't a clavicle I yeah it is,
0: isn't it clavicle no that's bone isn't it um uh, it, it's no I can't remember what it's called but yeah it's it's, it's yeah. something like that. So, so, something
1: that looks like a small piano but isn't one <laughs> right yeah. and, and, and she plays this tune and it's pretty good and then she says oh, I don't even know what that was yeah. <laughs> so, it's,
0: so it's, I, th- I think it's quite a creepy sort of tune and um, if I can find it anywhere, audio, I'll drop that in, uh, now. Oh. Bach had one, you know, and his son. Shh. Beautiful son, Just right for the cottage. Small scale, intense. Love. So yeah. So hopefully, if we did hear that, that that was um, that was the, the the slightly creepy music.
1: Yes, which I think was an original composition for yes. this show. Actually, yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then. Uh, Rachel's a bit creeped out, but they, they, they go off to, to start uh, dinner, don't they? And uh, Dan's got an expensive bottle of Burgundy that he demands that they have to uh, drink, drink with it. And, um, Oh, um, Edmund's carving the turkey under, he's got a special light, uh, so there's a spotlight <laughs> shining on the turkey while he carves it. <laughs> it's, um, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'd never heard of that. That seems a very... Well, I don't, I, I don't know,
0: know, but I, I, I want one now.
1: Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it strikes me that it might be like a Thanksgiving dinner thing, but over here... It's
0: the sort of thing that, that would appear on Wish.com. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i think i think i think it is yes although i had to block wish.com from my uh, <laughs> facebook feed <laughs> but, um so um i think that then uh, the power goes out yes
0: yeah
1: and the phone lines go dead um, yeah which now is bit...
0: that just just talking about the phone lines going dead quickly um he does that thing where he goes up and it's an, obviously an old-style dial phone mm. where he goes and, and hammers the receiver several times in order to just check whether it's dead or not. Is that something that actually anybody in real life ever did? Is that would Could you hammer it a few times and make it suddenly work? Do you remember?
1: I think no. Um, no. Or, or is no. that just
0: something that happens in, in TV programmes?
1: Well, because I, I did have those kinds of phones when I was yeah. a boy and, and I I, I think I have a feeling that you that we actually probably did do that from time to time but but maybe you, it's just a theatrical demonstration <laughs> of the other people in the room that is yes. not it's... thinking it's going to actually work yeah <laughs> um, but but yeah he, do, he does he does do that he's annoyed because he's stressed we get some really good acting from Heather Heatherbridge. because he,
0: yeah. he yeah yeah everyone else is He's a bit cooler about it and a bit more. Well, you know, it's just he's just one of these things. You know, it's just that, that there's probably been a power cut, and and they're all they're all a bit kind of chilled about it. But like he's quite. He, it's, it's obviously bothered him the fact that the phone's out as well. And, and
1: well, he he's his anxiety's kicking in, but then he's trying to yeah. be the perfect host, isn't he? So I I I I, I liked that. I, I I I kind of like I've been there. Well, I'm obviously. Yeah. Not you know for things that follow, thank God. But <laughs> um, but 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 I've been there where you're trying to host something and it's not going right. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and it seems like a little thing to other people, but you're just like, oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. So I I I really like I really I, I really like that subtlety of his performance. But the other really the other thing as
0: well fun. though, I wonder with that is is he, is there a little bit of a subtext that he's despite him just sort of waving it off a bit at the beginning he's that he is actually quite um he, he, the argument with his father has actually kind of got to him a bit yeah there's a bit of that
1: yeah so, so maybe maybe this whole thing's making him feel guilty and uncomfortable as well <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah um I, I think i think that is the case i think you're right um so they they kind of say well the 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 food's all cooked, you know, that's just c- carry on. And um, then Dan pours the Burgundy and Edmund drinks some and spits it out. And to to yep. him, it just tastes like blood. To all the others, it just tastes normal, and like very good Burgundy. And they think that like, he's insulting them. Like Dan's like, oh, sorry, I bought such a cheap bottle of wine. Although it's obviously a very expensive bottle of wine. <laughs> so, um, um, but, but, um you, you know, Edmund just says it tastes like blood, and he tries it again, and it has the same problem. It Tastes like blood. Do you, do you
0: know that I found this um, this scene weirdly a bit disturbing, and it it is odd because it's just he's obviously just drinking wine, right? So, but um, there's just just the way it's all played, and I guess the maybe the the the, the mood is. Has been building a little bit, so very subtly, but there's something about that that just made me go, Oh, yeah, that's that's right. horrible.
1: Okay, so, so this, um, the, this watching this show, which I did last night, gave, yeah. gave me the first nightmare I <laughs> ever had after watching something for a very British horror, right? right. <laughs> and and okay. it was this scene that, that that did it, I think. Well, I mean, the whole thing, but, but this scene is what. Uh, featured in in my
0: okay
1: so 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 i i I think um in my dream i i i i went into the um the bathroom
0: yeah and
1: the whole um the whole bathroom the the sink the walls everything they were covered it was covered in burgundy
0: okay
1: (laughs) And and, and you know that that's 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 all i remember from the <laughs> I, mean, I think i woke up that was like a horrible you know thing but it wasn't blood it was burgundy <laughs> it was it, it was it, I mean, it was red wine but I I, I I knew in my dream it was burgundy so it was like uh, um and then it was like one fifty-six a.m or something when i woke up it was really creepy <laughs> so um, but yeah this scene definitely lodged in my subconscious especially because uh the, the next thing they do is they they are they, they, all a bit sulky with Edmund, and then they're like, okay, let's just eat our dinner in silence. Yeah. And, and then they, they try and eat their dinner, and all four of them they can't one mouthful. It makes them really sick and unwell, painful. Like they' like, like there's there's some discreet off camera throwing up. When there's it's like yeah. they're all it, it's 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 absolutely. Um, awful and that's the point when they all realize there's something very seriously wrong
0: yeah that bit didn't affect me as much but it just there was the blood bit
1: yeah yeah well uh, obviously the same with me <laughs> you know there yeah. was no, there was no being sick over turkey in my dream <laughs> so it was uh, yeah yeah it, it was very evocative um but but then that was still like that was still a really, really well done transition from this is quite a pleasant dinner party. Yeah, this, yeah. Is quite, this is still quite a pleasant dinner party, but a few inconveniences are creeping in. And then this is a living nightmare. Yeah. Because cause they, they all realise, um, <clears throat> especially um, because more or less, the next thing they realise is they can't get out the, they're, they're locked in to the, the cottage. Um, they, that, the doors, the windows, they won't open. They can't see anything outside. It's just blackness to the windows. And um, rather, you know, practically minded, I think Edmund gets a hammer and tries to smash the window <laughs> and it won't smash. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're, they're completely supernaturally sealed in. Yeah. Yeah,
0: this, that's, that's the point where they they're sort of realize something we, really weird's going on
1: yeah well i mean yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so so um and then the rationalism that mentioned earlier it kind of fades away because there's no rational explanation for this yeah. um, but it's in like dan's still quite interested he said we're very privileged this is a unique event we we're, we're, were being involved <laughs> in something that you know no one else has ever had to his knowledge so it's um, he it's not all doom and despair. There's, there's a mixture of like being scared, but also being really interested. Like where where's this going? What is this all about? Um, and so, so uh, there's, there's, then there's some kind of supernaturally type shocks. So um, Rachel sees uh, the skeleton of a child on the bed. Yeah. Uh one one of the beds doesn't see, doesn't which is a pretty horrible thing, but it's a skeleton. Um and then um it's not there when they look next, but of course that's the same. But and then there's a really creepy scene where they go through the before and after photos of yeah. the cottage, and the before photos um are as expected, but the after photos are not of the renovated cottage at all. They're of like the cottage in the, what, the 18th century, 17th century. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and obviously that's impossible. <laughs> <because> <laughs> well, you can take photos <laughs> then, So, but, yeah. that, but, but they, they already know they're in some kind of supernatural happening, don't they? And then, um, I don't think I'm missing anything major out when I say it. it really, it goes then to Rachel who's basically possessed by, by the spirit of the ghost who, who's yeah. behind all this, um, whose, whose name I didn't actually catch. I don't think, but um, that there's kind of this, this terrifying monologue isn't there about um, a woman who's, who, who her, her and her family, her kids have starved to death in, in yeah. this cottage because um, uh, there's been um, hardship, probably a recession or something, and and, and there's no work at the at the manor house, and then uh, it gets harder and harder to live by poaching, and then a husband, yeah, um, he gets, he, he joins some kind of um, uh, riot or rebellion, even, he, yeah, because I think they set fire to the squire's barn, but then the soldiers come and he's arrested and and he's hanged, yeah and um that leaves her completely destitute and and uh, no one will help her like like the, no. the 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 parson just says the something pious and unhelpful at church and and um she 's ejected when she goes to the squire for charity and she then she she tries to beg and then she looks through the window and she sees the squire and his brother the parson having yeah. this enormous feast where the squire's daughter is playing that tune in yeah. the corner um and then she realizes that no one's going to help her and she's going to die and she goes back and locks the door and then she just like she she um she then she does they all and her the kids they all starve to death it's horrible the way that it is it's horrible. described and, and um She's like she's telling her stories to the walls because she can't even write it down because she hasn't been taught to read and write um yeah um so so, 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 so we get all that and that's that's the explanation and and you know um and and, and, and you know these these go although even though they're bourgeois um to use that terminology they they <laughs> they they' they're, they're really like we would recognize them as the liberal elite so they're 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 horror, they're horrified by this um but this story they they then, they're, they're not like oh um
0: yeah
1: <laughs> i can see the squire's point of view or anything ridiculous no. like that they're, they're absolutely appalled and disgusted that this has happened <laughs> uh, um so they're really like, on the ghost side well, yeah sort of ghost yeah but they're really on, on, on her side but um i think then the 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 final thing that happens is that um uh, Rachel um, recovers herself and, and, and she leads them all upstairs and 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 now uh, into the bedroom of 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 the woman um, yeah. um, so so suddenly um, you 're going into uh, like a seventeenth century cottage room um, with hay on the floor and stuff and and, and there 's this amazing effective shot of the um the corpse the yeah. recently dead <coughs> corpse of, of, the, of the the woman like like, like with her, her open mouth and emaciated body and yeah, it's that's really, horrible. It's, it's a real it's like a close-up and like obviously it's 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 a it's a model but it's brilliant but they also <laughs> so, have
0: the but they also have the bodies of the children there as well which is horrible uh,
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's so like it's they're all,
0: they're all horrible yeah, they're really, really effective models, and, but
1: also and, horrible. And um the all the all the four all the four characters can do is look at this and and it's um well, Margaret uh, I think that's her name, isn't it? Sorry, I've yeah um yeah. Margaret just says, Oh I understand now,
0: doesn't
1: yeah. she? And then, and then 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 uh, cut away and and then like the power and stuff all comes on in in in, in the room and then and then um, and then the police are um examining for evidence the the house the the back downstairs they're examining the house the and uh, the, the the uneaten christmas lunch and stuff and then um the TV's on, and it's Kenneth Kendall, who's a real newsreader from the Time, and he's got this story about the divide between the world's rich and poor, and the, then the world's rich not doing anything about it. And then, it's it, just in
0: case you haven't got the point, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And and then it cuts to um, the the story about the mysterious deaths of four people in the cottage, um, and, and uh, even though there was an uneaten Christmas dinner on the table, they've all starved to death. Yeah. And, and then and then that's the end. Um, and that is, uh, you know, a really bleak, really effective end, end ending. You, 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 know, you've got your your mixture of that shot of the corpse, and then, um, and then that that kind of because um, you don't really know what happens, um, at that point to all the characters. But then there's like the postscript, which is, oh yeah, they all died. Yeah. <laughs> and it's um, uh, so. so yeah uh, it, it's still really powerful and then obviously 72 but this is not like something that the, where the horror's worn off like no like no. like it, like, I mean, like a, a hammer film you might have that problem but but this is like this is still really well uh,
0: and also that the 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 very day we're recording this um it, it, it's it's very topical to the to the news of
1: thinking thinking that all day so we're recording this in um well it's january the 12th 2021 we're 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 in lockdown and um yeah so the 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 story the news story today is about how the um the 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 government's provision for um free school meals for for um underprivileged children um which basically a footballer made them do has been hijacked by the uh, you know basically government corruption so that this 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 company's taking all the money and then not giving any food to the poor kids essentially um, and, 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 and so, yeah so you you've still got this terrible um, you, you know the modern day squires have still got lots of <laughs> yeah. it's slightly different now but you can see there's still it's still the, the, the yeah, you can see not, how relevant this is that
0: Yeah, it's 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 not it's not very different. They're just uh, just things presented a bit differently, but there's still uh yeah still a sort of poorer class of people who are doffing their caps uh, and tugging their forelocks to uh, a, a load of wealthier educated people running the country. It's still it's exactly the same thing and it's quite that that also adds to the horror that, that of this is that not much has really changed
1: well and, and i'm gonna you know i mean we're obviously we <laughs> the we're talking about um the political aspect because it's a political ghost story yeah. absolutely um we're, we're, <laughs> we're not really a political podcast of course we're not but no but <laughs> it's just it's really i think it's fair to say it's really thought provoking and also you know these these um these characters that uh, they think they're insulated from the the horrors of uh, poverty you know yeah. i mean they may even have pulled themselves out of it or, or, or certainly maybe their parents have so but certainly so they live in luxury and abundance but they're, but they're not all that far away from well, really awful poverty and and i think that's a, i think um I, I i think i think that's a really important point well, and, well, I think, I thought... and i think and i feel because i kind of feel like I, you know, I I, I sympathise a lot with Edmund. <laughs> I kind yeah. of feel uh, a lot like the, the, these characters are very uh, identifiable. For yeah, I was gonna, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that
0: that they're 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 essentially us, aren't they?
1: Yeah, exactly, and and yeah. and, and a, 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 absolutely, and and so you, you you can absolutely see that. Um, although you know, personally, I I don't have this. Um, you, you, you know, I I, I I I don't have to worry about the, the where the next meal is coming from. But it, it's it's like I'm not as far removed from all from from this as as maybe I like to think I am. Especially yeah. you know the global situation where we are anyway. But I, I think that the you know the 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 pandemic is nothing to do with a lot of the divide between rich and poor. And so I think that's that's absolutely um, yeah.
0: I think it's relevant a big now element.
1: as it was relevant then
0: <laughs> yeah, so I think there's a big uh, uh, element to this, um, and obviously not when it was originally shown, if it's been in November, but if you do watch this at Christmas, actually a little bit, I felt a little bit like this because I was obviously watching it uh a few nights ago, uh, and we're still in a house that still has quite a lot of food left over from christmas um which we 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 haven't eaten uh, yet um and and it did make me kind of think about that a little bit Uh, and there was an element where i was thinking yeah that's that's probably not good is it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think so and then so you you think well what an incredibly effective piece of writing but also tv direction and well don taylor isn't someone that we've talked about before but he he had a very distinguished career in in quite over quite a few um mediums actually uh did did quite a lot of t- t- tv and but also theater this is a yeah. stage play essentially uh, and radio as well and um and uh, you you must have seen this you're, you must love, love this he was um he, he was actually, he was in the vanguard of uh, theatre because there was, um, you know, the kitchen sink theatre. I think I saw that he directed John Osborne's first ever play.
0: Yeah, he did.
1: Yeah. Um, so he was really, he was in the, that, 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 that kind of slice of life stuff. And then um, he was big at the BBC and then he fell out with the new head of drama, a, a certain Mr. Sidney Newman, and, yep. and so he um, he actually got moved over to series from like one-off plays, which he hated. He always hated the idea of series. Yeah. And and and, and Mr. Newman said, "Oh, don't learn. You'll be great at it. Why don't you do this thing I'm working on called Doctor Who?" And, yeah. and uh, Don Taylor refused, just said, "I'm not doing that crap. That's got yeah. no." Well,
0: basically, <laughs>
1: or, or something like
0: that. Well, he basically made his name for himself doing um, really well-regarded plays often with like a socialist Hmm. to them Um, and he just wasn't really that interested in doing populist stuff uh, or or, you know serials or anything like that Um, he claimed he was blackballed by the BBC uh, which is quite interesting Uh, and, and everyone else involved at the BBC at the time said that that was rubbish um, but it seemed like basically the last play he did, which I forget what it was called. Before that, um, he he did go quite a way over budget, which um, is, was
1: cardinal sin at the BBC. Yeah. I think we know we know that was. But 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 also, I think it's fair to say that he worked for, he worked for the BBC fairly continuously throughout the period where he was allegedly blackballed because he worked on um, for, for the arts department rather than the drama department. For yeah. Him. And this, I think, was his comeback to BBC drama. Sydney Newman had gone by then. But, you know, it's one of those... Um, it's a funny way of blackballing someone if you're employing them continuously. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> you know? I mean, I, th- I, think,
0: I think as well he struggled with... Because one of the things Sydney Newman did at the BBC was... Um, Previously, you, you had a, somebody who produced a programme um, and they sort of did the production type stuff and also directing and they were sort of a bit of everything. And Sidney Newman brought in the idea that you had a separate producer and a director and a script editor. And that was something that I don't think sat very well with him.
1: No, but I think, you know, TV had to move away from the idea of just filming theatre and that was part yeah, well, of yeah, it, wasn't yeah. it? So, so he was wrong, but, but, it, 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 well, maybe, maybe not wrong for him personally, but, but he was going against the tide, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Obviously, a very talented man, and did a lot of valuable work, but, but um, he was going against the, he was definitely fighting against the inevitable there, and I think, um, yeah. So, so uh, it would have been interesting to see. Uh, what he'd done with Doctor Who. I'm not sure it would have lasted much beyond an unearthly child. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> there, we, there we go. Um,
0: but I was going to say, you can imagine Doctor Who with like a heavy socialist sort of um, message behind it, but in well, a way, can, Doctor Who sort of does have that? I can, can it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think Doctor Who could certainly su- survive that. I mean, I don't, it, it could even survive... A, heavy, a hefty dose of being quite harrowing. <laughs> but but I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, um, the producer ended up being Verity Lambert, who obviously did an amazing job creating a show, which is still being made even now. But yeah. which, um, the producer of Dead of Night was Innes Lloyd, who was himself a producer on Doctor Who previously. So He was. Um,
0: the third producer
1: I think second producer yeah third so so, um, yeah, so I've got I've got it here so he, he joined from the celestial toy maker and moved continued through to the enemy of the world so so you um, you're basically aren't you talking about the um, the end of the Hartnell era and then yeah. then a couple of years of Troughton um, yeah. yeah so uh, and uh, tragically uh, part of the period of Doctor Who, which the BBC <laughs> chucked away a lot of. So, so like, like the Celestial toy maker, the enemy of the world, they don't actually exist in their entirety, do they, sadly? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, which is you know, very un- un- unfortunate. But also the script editor for Dead of Night uh, was Lewis Marks, who also worked on Doctor Who.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Um, in fact um, some really good ones like Planet of Evil Mask of Mandragora I've got Planet of Evil upstairs yeah no but the production design is I, I always find it interesting to look at M- um, the Mask of the Mandragora if that's how you say it I remember no. that how do you say it it's
0: Mandragora, Mandragora. yeah
1: and I remember that as being a good one. I, I, I mean to rewatch that. That's why I can't pronounce it properly. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, it's so a heavy Doctor Who. But then we're talking about um, a BBC show
0: yeah.
1: during, you know, Doctor Who's heyday. So anyway, enough of that. You love talking about Doctor Who. You just don't it's like talking bad. about it with me because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> worried I'm going to start being rude about Christopher Eccleston. I'm not. It's nothing to do with
0: this. But then, but then this is a British horror podcast, so that's why. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and um, the other interesting thing I think that, um, that crosses over into to our area is um, Don Taylor also directed two episodes of Nigel Neal's Beasts.
1: Yeah, which I've never seen any of. You've got the DVD, haven't you? I have,
0: and we should probably talk about some of those sometime. Um, my point of view is a bit of a hit and miss sort of series. Um, he directs two episodes, one called Buddy Boy, which uh, is all about the ghost of a dolphin, which is quite... <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> again, again has some, some sort of political elements to it. And, and, I, and I sort of think that maybe his directing and Nigel Neal's scripts are quite a good fit. The second one he did was the last episode of that called During Barty's Party, which in my opinion is an absolute masterpiece.
1: The rats, uh, it's rats, yeah. isn't
0: it? Yeah, and it's absolutely fantastic. It's like, it, it, it's my favorite of the whole series.
1: Uh, you uh, see, if we do do one, we should do that one then.
0: We should do, yeah. Um, okay. And that, and that, that is uh, that's just, it, it's really well directed and, and, and the script is excellent. And it's actually genuinely creepy. Okay. There are a couple of episodes in that and series that don't work for me at all. There's one called um, "The Dummy," which I which is supposed to be you know, supposed to be funny, but it really just doesn't work for me. But yeah,
1: yeah, uh, and, and you're getting t- towards Nigel Neal's being uh, more crotchety and old man-y. <laughs> <laughs> aren't you? By the time of beasts, I think. But but um, I think. Um, uh, really actually i 'm excited to watch that uh, the, the Barty's party was it after Barty's party
0: during party during party 's party yeah because
1: i haven 't seen that, and I feel like i should especially now you 've bigged it up um, yeah so um the, the, okay so the other thing i 'd like to say about about, about this because when I was googling it i did find that there it, there was a bbc radio um adaption of the play so it's like an hour mm. and a half and that's you, you that's on youtube um but, but i was like I, I don't know that i need um to listen to a longer and more drawn out version <laughs> of the, what was essentially the exact same thing um yeah b- I don't know, because it just works so... It works so perfectly at about 50 minutes or something. That's what it is, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it, I would say it's
0: just about the right length. It's, just, it's a little longer... quite nicely.
1: A little longer than the Mr. James adaptions typically are, but but not not, not really long. Um, but to counteract that... So I didn't listen to that radio thing, because I, I just thought, oh, I don't need that. But then to counteract that, I also like... If, if you... Um, if, if, if you put it in this into google that like the third result or something is the um the theatrical agents who own the rights to it and say and then it's like do you want to put on your own play of this it's going to cost you like from 69 yeah. pounds of performance and then i'm like ah oh, obviously we can't do that at the moment because you can't have plays but assuming that we you ever could it'd be like oh that'd be really brilliant so then About, i'm like
0: apparently it's quite popular um for for sort of amateur theatre companies and groups to put put it on around sort of Christmas time.
1: Well, I'm glad you said that because the like the, that was the third hit. The fourth hit was um, an interview with a director in Worthing who put this on. Um, okay. Like January 2020, she said she said it's the ideal thing for January. I'm like oh, so close, but I'm not sure that <laughs> December would have been. Yeah. Anyway, but. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, so uh, obviously, obviously, and I'm quite interested to see it, even though maybe not like I think this is a, a perfect TV adaption. And if you were going to remake this on for TV, I think you yeah. probably want to stick to this running time. But, but I would like to see, I would like to see the theatrical, yeah, but uh, it's, it's,
0: what's maybe it, not it's an quite, amateur
1: one, but like,
0: no. uh, yeah, but what's, what's quite interesting about that is apparently there is a whole story where um, the the play was resurrected after the TV show and transferred to the West End um, where apparently the director of the play um, insisted on rewriting the script um, and Don Taylor was not happy about it in the slightest and wanted to have his name removed from it uh apparently his agent talks him out of it saying you know this this is your West End uh debut if you like and, and, and you know you're not going to get anywhere if you take your name off off of that. Um, and then so if that wasn't sort of bad enough um after a, a couple of performances the lead characters which one is it Rachel who played the was yeah. played by Mary Ur. An actress called Mary Ur and she uh, died uh, of, by committing suicide just a, a few nights in after the production started and so of course the press got hold of all of that and, and there was a you know you had this whole curse of the exorcism play stuff appear. and um, apparently the rest of the run was apparently Anna Cropper stepped in and, and did the rest of the run for it but it, it wasn't successful and kind of just
1: Anna Cropper came back to play her character yeah,
0: in, the, in the play the, the rewritten play version because
1: I think that was like 10 years later wasn't it was that were you, were you, have you got a date for that I thought uh, I thought it was 1984 was the, the the West End version of this well,
0: I'm not sure exactly no one the, it was
1: 1975 oh 75 okay so yeah. so um, okay so that's a separate staging wow that, that's a good that's a good story
0: um yeah um Um, so so yeah i i sort of found out about it and then went and looked up a little bit about it um just found found out by by a little bit of a plug for another podcast that i listened to uh there's a little podcast called the box of delights which is where people come on and discuss what their favorite tv thing was was and somebody brought this on and it was actually john dryden taylor who is i think a, a writer but he's the son of don taylor and so that's where it, it's quite—it's quite interesting. It's only about fifteen minutes long, but it's quite interesting to just go and listen to that. And that's where all of this information for the uh, about the play came from.
1: That's good information. So he he brought his dad's thing along and said, yeah,
0: and to discuss because apparently they did used to watch it at Christmas.
1: Yeah. I can. I, I think it's the perfect thing for Christmas. I think, yeah, <laughs> not 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 fireworks night, and pro- pro- probably not during <laughs> January. It's for this is a ghost story for Christmas. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, it'd be nice to restore it to its rightful place. I think anyway. Uh, any, yeah. any, anyway, um, I'm not really sure I've got anything else to add apart from you know it's great i really liked it and and yeah uh, it's the second time i've watched it and i thought it was great both times um so
0: well i i, I, hadn't, I hadn't really seen it before i think i've been uh, um sort of avoiding it a little bit i don't know why but because everyone kept going on about how great it was i expect and i don't think i i think i was just sometimes when people do that and constantly tell you how brilliant something is um you, you can sometimes end up being disappointed when you go in and watch it.
1: It's
0: true. It's true. Uh, so so I sort of, I was a bit worried about that, but actually yeah, it, it was really good. And I'm glad I did go back and watch it.
1: So Paul, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Why is it called the exorcism when there isn't an exorcism apparently in, in the show?
0: Um, it's interesting. You should ask that because I'm constantly seeing when people talk about this, that there is an, um, an exorcism in there. Um, and these people are all wrong because there absolutely is an exorcism, but it's just reversed from what you would normally think. Uh-huh. So the exorcism is being performed by the, the, the by the spirit inhabiting the house. Um, and it's exercising the uh, sort of um, the, the people within it because yeah because the, they're, they're representing everything that, that actually the, the spirit hates or has got them uh, caused them to die basically
1: now it all makes sense thank you paul <laughs> <laughs> wonderful but i think i think we'll, we'll wrap it up there apart from I i know i ask you every time it's genuinely because i forget how do you contact <laughs> us on social media
0: Okay, you can contact us on Facebook where we're A Very British Horror or you can contact us on Twitter where we're at VeryBritishHorror or email where we're A VeryBritishHorror at gmail.com. Amazing. Well, um,
1: in- until we meet again, I've been Chris Denton.
0: I'm Paul Monk. <laughs> Good night. Bye.